So tonight I'm going to read the scripture that Kirsten is going to preach on, which is Colossians 3, 1 through 4, and that is, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is in your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. That is the word of the Lord. Guys, I just had like, <laughs> I don't remember if it, what, at what point last year it was, but I was preaching online and my microphone like fell down my shirt and got stuck and I was like, I don't know what to do. So I just had a really weird memory of that. So welcome to my mind. Um, like Katie said, my name is Kirsten and um, I have two little kids. One of the little ones is named London and I'm just going to tell you this girl falls like, a lot. Um, last two Sundays ago, I was, like, so embarrassed because I'm bringing her to church, and we're new at this church, and the girl literally has, like, a puffy eye, a swollen lip, like, bloody face, and a broken collarbone, and I'm like, here she is! Like, I promise I'm a good mom! Um, but she falls so much because she gets so distracted by things that her attention somewhere else besides anywhere she's going. Like literally it's like that comical thing where she's like walking somewhere and then she's like turns to get my attention and I'm like, London! And she like smashes against a pole or a wall while I'm like, do I laugh or do I like, I don't know what I do. Um, but she just gets her attention goes somewhere else. So her bloody face was because she was like chasing after her brother and was like, wait for me, and didn't look where she was going and then catches herself with her face on the ground because her attention is not at all at her feet. Um, but when she gets her mind set on anything, like she is, like that's all she cares about. So she was up here right now and she saw like fruit snacks in the back on the bar over there. She would start screaming, first of all, be like, Mama, grab my hand, try to push me off the stage, do everything that she could to try to get me to get those snacks. If I didn't do it, she'd climb over all of you, push a chair over to the counter, hop up, grab it, stick it in her mouth like a raccoon, and try to like bite through it. She like honestly is my living proof that what we set our mind on affects our actions 100%. And she and these little kids are not the only ones. Like, we do this, too, as grown-ups. My husband, Jonathan, makes so much fun of me because there'll be things that I, like, get obsessed with, and I, like, tunnel vision and have to figure it out. Like, he will not let go of this time. I couldn't figure out how to put music on my Insta story. I just wanted to put the Jurassic Park theme song on this story of Jack's driving a dinosaur thing. And I like, couldn't figure it out. And it was weeks that I was like, any spare time I had, I'm like Googling, like, how do I get this to happen? Like, I couldn't do anything else except for try to find this like, thing on my Instagram. Two weeks later, my phone updated, it was just fine. But like literally, all I could think about was that, that we get our minds so set on something that affects the rest of our day and our time. So our passage that Katie read, Paul, the author of Colossians, gets this about us. He says, what you set your mind on, what you seek after, these things will affect, influence our actions and who we become. So let's pray and then get into our passage. Father God, um, 
set our minds now on you. We are grateful for your power at work within us. Would you remind us of your deep love for us and what you desire for all of us? Teach each one of us tonight. I pray this in your name. Amen. So what we set our minds on, what we seek after, influences our actions and who we become. So if we are people who live at this passage of Colossians 3, we are becoming the people that Christ invites us to become and invites us into. So I want to look at our passage tonight. I want to kind of talk about it in three different ways. First, I want to talk about it as something that is a possibility and a gift. And then I want to talk about it as when we set our minds on things above, that that is a way that we can know and believe who we are in relationship to God. And then third, I want us to see that when we set our mind on things above, that the resurrection power of God is at work in us to even let us be able to do it. So first, it's a gift, and it's possible. So years ago when I was studying this passage, I was like so mad at it because I was like, it felt like Paul in this passage was like telling me to stop crying when I couldn't, being like crying in a conversation, being like, just stop crying. Like, I, like if I could stop crying right now, I wouldn't be crying in the first place. Like, really, you're telling me to do something that felt like I could not actually do. But as I thought about it, I was like, why would the Bible tell us something that wasn't possible for us? Like, do I really think Paul and God are like sitting there laughing, being like, ha you can't do it. Because I don't believe that the Bible is just made for perfect people who have it all figured out. I'm like, I must be able to actually set my mind on things above. All right, I want you guys to do something for me. Turn to your neighbor, and I want you to ask your neighbor, or tell your neighbor, not ask them, tell your neighbor what your, like, favorite perfect type of banana is. So, like, what color is that banana? Is it, I'll tell you my favorite in a second, like, texture of it, all that. So, even if you're like, it has to have almond butter on it, tell your neighbor the best banana. All right. If your answer If your answer does not include dark chocolate chip banana bread or just turn from green to yellow, I'll fight you on your answer. Okay, but what did you guys all do? I told you to think about a banana, set your mind on a banana and you did it. Yeah? Literally, we all are able and capable, you said it right now, on setting your mind on something. And so the reason I'm saying that this is a gift is because instead of Paul saying, just stop thinking about the things of earth, just stop, 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 he's like, hey, I want you to think on this thing. Because right now, if I'm like, hey, stop thinking about the banana, stop it, stop thinking about it, you're going to think about the banana, right? Like... It's so hard to stop thinking about something when people tell you to stop thinking about it. So what a gift it is to be like, hey, I actually want you to think on this other thing. To set your mind on things above, not just on the things of, not just take it off of the things of earth, but here's what I want you to fill 
your mind with. Something beautiful and good. Next question I have for you guys. If somebody tonight were to be like, hey, I'm going to take you to dinner tomorrow. And it's somebody you like, so you got that there. They're going to take you to dinner anywhere. They got all the dollars. Maybe they'll take you back home because your aunt makes the best lasagna. Maybe it's a restaurant. What do you want to get at that restaurant? What do you hope is on the menu? What sides are you like, ooh. Like Jason posted the other day about a restaurant he likes. He's like, it's finally here. What dessert do you want to have? What drinks would you want to pair it with? Okay, who stopped thinking about the banana? Now you are. But when we can set our mind on other things, other things that are good and beautiful, we stop being so focused on those other things. What a gift that is from God. And Paul isn't just being like, hey, just fill your mind with things so then you never think about the earth. Like, what's that quote? Like, you're too heavenly minded to be any earthly good. He's not just saying, fill this water bottle up so there's no room for anything else. Like, Paul still understands that, like, I'm going to think about Jax's baseball game and I'm going to think about cleaning my house and being excited for yoga tomorrow. Like, what he's doing is saying, set your mind on things above because it's going to be a lens. It's going to be a filter in which you're seeing the things of earth. We're going to continue on in this book of, book of Colossians, and we're going to get more into like what the things of earth are and like the things of heaven. So we'll get into that pretty in depth. But for tonight, when I say the things above, the things of heaven, I'm talking about Jesus, who he is, his character, the things he likes. Like when Cassidy was like, yeah, I'm getting to know Jesus. It's things like that. Like what is he like? Getting to know that, setting your mind on those things. It does later in Colossians go into some specifics. It talks about compassionate hearts, kindness, meekness, humility, patience, forgiveness, and love. And those are all things that he's talking about when he's saying, set your mind on things above. So as we have this filter that we're seeing the things of earth in, and we're seeing them through compassion, we're seeing them through kindness. And what that does with the things of earth, the other things, Sometimes, like we'll talk about next week, is we realize we've got to kill those things, we've really got to get rid of them. But then some things, it's like you end up just being like, hey, they need to be reordered. That maybe you've made this really good thing into this idol that has so much weight, that's like, oh, got to get rid of that weight. Or maybe it's just because now you are focused and you're excited and moving towards the things of God that that just now is taking up more time. Just like if you were to get into photography, probably would have to play less soccer because you have more time with the camera. So it's going to reprioritize some of those other things you're talking, you're thinking about, you're doing. And then some of the things, the lens is simply just going to give you another category, to a way to look at things. So maybe you're still thinking about your roommate, but as opposed to thinking about them from like a selfish ambition thought, you're thinking about them with forgiveness and patience. So as we set our mind on things above, we see the things of earth, different pictures. Sometimes we see it more zoomed out because we get so focused on the little things. So if you are able to do this, it's going to change the way you make decisions. I told you guys. 
Um, it will change, literally change the way that you make decisions. You will decide if you're going to skip your class or not in light of these decisions. You'll decide how you respond to your parents who are driving you crazy out of this lens. You'll decide how you talk to your roommate who can't figure out how to turn their alarm clock off. You'll decide how much to share in core group about your sin patterns and where to spend your time. All of the ways you set your mind will affect these decisions. Because what you set your mind on, what you seek after, influences your actions and who you are becoming. For you to practice this, maybe it starts with finding something that is hard, that you're like, I just have this impossibly boring class. It's like, okay, well, well how, do I, how do I have a new lens for this? Maybe your new lens is that wide lens, that bigger picture, like, okay, if I go to class and I can get a good grade and I can graduate and then I can get a good job and take care of my family and that you have this bigger picture there. But oftentimes, if you put them on things that are hard in your moments, they're going to affect the moment itself. You're going to go to this really boring class, and you're going to see your professor, and you're going to have patience with them. You're going to notice the people around you, and you're going to want to offer them kindness and love. Because the way that we set our minds, what we set our minds on, are going to not just affect your current realities, but the, rally, the realities of people around you. And so it, it looks like meditating on something, setting your mind on something, picking something to do that. It looks like listening to the word of God, whether that's preached or in a podcast, reading scripture, talking to friends about it, listening to music that proclaims Jesus. It was really sweet. Yesterday, I did this. I like turned on, it's called Slugs and Bugs, any of you that babysit. <laughs> um, but it's this guy that sings these like silly songs and also sings scripture. So I turned it on on our way to school, to wait for me to drop my kids off to school. And this guy starts singing like this psalm. And Jax, who's three, was like, Mom, can you turn it down? It's like, okay. He goes, Mommy, who's sad today? I was like, oh, this person's sad today. Why are they sad? Here's why. Who else is sad today? And I list off, list off a couple of people, and then I hear him in the back whispering, and for Carter and his doctor's visit, and for JJ and her sermon, and he's praying back there, like on our way to school when usually he's screaming. Because this message that we were listening to triggered him, this thing he had his mindset on, triggered him to pray. Because what we set our minds on, what we seek after, affect our actions and who we are becoming. Secondly, what we set our minds on, what we seek after, teaches us who we are in relationship to God and help us believe it. So there's a lot of scripture you'll see in the Psalms and lots of prayers that start with like, us remembering who God is. And they do this even in this passage. Like, let's 
have a different perspective because we remember that God, in this passage, that Christ rose from the dead, if then you've been risen with Christ, which means Christ rose, which means that he came to earth, first of all, he died, he suffered, then he died for us, for our forgiveness, and he raised again, so he has this power, like literally over death, so we know that about him. Seek the things that are above where Christ is seated with God, at his right hand. So we know here, God, Jesus, is seated in this reigning power over this whole kingdom, that he has victory. It's this actual, that line's actually a throwback to a psalm where he has victory and is reigning over this kingdom. So we have these pictures of God from the get-go. So it's like, okay, here's how it's going to affect me. But then he continues to go and he's like, but guess what? Here's who you are in relationship to me. Because when we set our mind on the things of God, what we're seeing is us and the way he sees us and what he has for us, all of us as his church. So we can look at the very specifics of what he sees and his relationship that he has with us even in this passage. So, if then you've been raised with Christ first, we see that we've been raised with Christ. Seek the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Then, he continues on. Set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ. So we've died, and our life is now hidden in Christ. When Christ, who is your life, appears, you will also appear with him in glory. There's a lot of really big things that are said about you and me and us and our relationship with God here. So if we're to actually believe this verse, here's what we're believing about ourselves. First, that we have been raised with Christ, that we literally have experienced a new life and that we have this resurrection in us. If that's not hard to wrap your mind around, talk to me because teach me how to wrap my mind around this resurrection power. Second, If Christ is seated at the right hand of God, if he's reigning over everything, and if we believe other parts of scripture, that means we are his children. We're also these co-heirs with him. So it means that this kingdom he has victory over, we are part of. We belong to it. We have membership in it. We have influence in it. This is ours, and we're a part of that. Then he says that you've died, but your life is hidden with him in Christ. So if we're believing this, Our old life has died, that is gone, and we have a new life. But this new life is hidden in Christ. And so when we hide things, what do we usually hide? Things that have value. So he's saying, you're valuable. Hidden you and me. And then when we're hidden in something, we're safe. So he's saying, you're valuable and you're safe in him. And then he says, Christ, who is your life. So our life is Christ, which we use this term on occasion. We're like, our life's basketball. Oh, his life's his girlfriend. And we use that when people are all about that thing and that they become like it. And I've had a number of friends whose lives have become they're boyfriends, and they, they get into the, the things that they're into. They start talking like them. They're friends with their friends. Sometimes it gets 
too much on the scale that I don't want to get into because Jesus still wants you to be you even when you lose your life. But we, when, we become, when Jesus becomes our life, we are loving the things he loves. We're doing the things he does. We become like him. And then lastly, he says that when he appears, he will show us off in glory as well. So if you've ever felt like somebody that is nobody, that's not enough, not wanted, that people don't see you, he's saying you will be shown in glory, in his glory, when he returns. That you aren't that nobody. And this word was a really big word for the Colossians. I was reading a commentary, and they're like, yeah, the Colossians were seen as these like third-rate country folk. And they were excited to be, said like, we're going to be seen as who we are with Jesus. So when you seek the things above, when you seek Jesus, what you're seeing is that you are somebody that has value. You are somebody that is safe in him. You are somebody that is wanted and a member of his kingdom, of his family. And when you believe these things about yourself, it will change how you act. I know the people who come into the hub here and feel like they belong, because they'll go back to the freezer, they'll get a popsicle, do everything. But then I can tell when people don't feel like they belong, because of the way they act. It's very, very different, depending on how you act. When you believe who God says you are in relationship to him, it will affect your anxiety. It will impact your boldness to talk to new people. It will impact the decisions you make 20 years from now. And you will be able to get a bigger picture of what God is doing all around you because you know who you are to him. Setting your mind on things above will influence your actions and who you're becoming. A lot of people, when they move to chat, end up, like, getting new hobbies, right? Like, that's what happens in college often. But usually in Chattanooga, people get really into, like, the outdoors. So you have a freshman who comes to Chattanooga, and they, like, go climbing at, like, the climbing wall at the Ark. I'm like, oh, I kind of like this. And then they start continuing to go. They start going to climbing club. They get really good at it. And then you notice they're uh, like rolling up their pants. They're wearing joggers. They got the crop top and the flannel tied around their waist. Definitely chacos and tivas on their feet. And then they start using lingo like bruh. And I just flashed up that V6. I learned that from Brooklyn. And their weekends they spend outside climbing who what they've set their mind on becoming this climber then allows them to believe that they are a climber and their actions and who they are change because of that what we set our mind on what we seek after influences our current realities and ultimately when we set our minds on things above when we seek after the things of Jesus we become like him. 
And this seeking after is like a continual seeking, like a always seeking after him. But we, when we keep doing that, we become more and more like Jesus showing him off to the rest of the world, which is our job as a church. We're the body of Christ, and our job is to show Jesus, to demonstrate him to the rest of the world. Which is why when we roll our eyes at our professor, when we lie to make ourselves look better, when we hide in the grocery store because we don't want to talk to that person that really wants to talk to us, when we gossip, that those are all putting weird tastes of who Jesus is into people's minds and not delivering on truth of who he is. And he's not saying here, like, just fake it and just be like, you're so great, but not actually be great. He's like, I want you to set your mind on things above because I want you to change you from the inside out. I want you to become like me, not just do the things I do. I've had friends who talk about not wanting to say that they're Christians because they don't want to be a hypocrite because they're not perfect. I'm like, but here's where to start. Set your mind on Jesus. And then we know how to seek after things. Like, that's not even the hard part for us. Like, how many people, I mean, I could tell you, you're like, okay, I've got a crush on this person. You're thinking about them. You know how to find out where they're going to be hanging out after class. You know how to get into this grad school you really want to get into. You really know how to find out if your ex is dating somebody else. We, we just, we are people that seek after things that we set our mind on. So that's not even the issue. But God wants to change us inside out to have us become these people that show him off to the world. And when we do, what we see is literally this resurrection power at work in us because we have been transformed and changed because the people around us are being transformed and changed. And so we're watching not only his glory coming when he comes again, but we're watching his glory take place all around us. So legend has it that like when the circus started, they would train baby elephants. And they take a little baby elephant, which would make me really happy to see one. Um, but then they tie a rope around the baby elephant's leg and attach it to a stake. And the baby elephant tries to get away, can never get away like from out of the rope and the stake, and so finally just gives up. Well, as the elephant gets older and older and older, that rope never changes. Oftentimes, the stake is taken out of the ground, and the elephant never tries to get away because it remembers that they can't do it, even though that elephant is so capable of just walking away. And that's what it feels like for me when we don't recognize that we've got this resurrection power at work within us. That we feel so stuck to lies that we've told ourselves, the lies that other people have treated us under. We feel like we can't move. Like, I can't set my mind on something else, God, because it's just going to disappoint me. But as we set our mind on who he is, it gives us that direction gives us that umph and that courage to be like, okay, I'm going to go. I'm going to move and begin seeking after you. And then as you do, you see that resurrection work happening because it's only possible for us to do it because of him. It's only possible for us to get that freedom because of the work that he has done. 
So I want you guys to be people who don't just let former lies and former things that have happened to you keep you paralyzed. But I want you to be people that set your mind on things above and seek after them so you can run and see that power at work in and through you. Because here's the thing, guys. You're going to set your mind on something, seek after something. The question is what you are, what is it? Is it going to be something that leads you towards glory or to death? Because you're going to do it. So, this week, I want us to try something. I want you to try to set your mind on something this week. Whether that is a characteristic of Jesus, whether that is a little bit of scripture, a word. Maybe it's one of these words from Colossians we'll talk about in a little bit. Compassionate hearts, kindness, meekness, humility, patience, love, forgiveness. I want you to pick one thing. Then, I want you to pick a trigger. Something that will remind you about that thing. Because we are people that can set our mind on things. But we need help. So maybe that trigger is every time I, you know, take a drink of water, going to think about patience. Maybe it's every time you walk into a classroom, I'm going to think about Christ is my life. Maybe every time as you wake up, maybe it is when you open your phone, maybe you tell a friend, hey, let's just text each other this word to help us set our mind on this thing this week. Because you guys can totally make habits happen. Like, we made brushing our teeth a habit at one point in our life. So you can help create these habits in your mind right now. So then what I want you to do is after you pick this thing, find this trigger, I want you to see if you begin to want to seek after that thing that you're setting your mind on. So if you choose kindness, I want you to see if you begin to see kindness happening all around you. If you begin to want to be kind and receive kindness, see what it makes you seek. And then see what it does internally to you. How does it change you, transform you? And then how does it affect the people around you? So right now, I actually want you to take a second and I want you to pick a word. Pick a scripture, whatever that is. Because if I were to say do it, you're not going to all do it because you need the perfect word. All of that, but guess what? Hopefully you're going to do this your whole life, so you don't need the perfect word right now because you have lots of words for your life to do. So right now I want you to pick something, and I want you to pick that trigger. Then I want us to see in the week to come what it does how setting your mind on things above actually transform your actions and who you're becoming. I want you to be people that set your sight on Jesus and his big picture, not on fruit snacks. I want you to see God's glory moving in you and those around you. Because God loves you. Jesus has given you value and you belong to him, and so do the people around you. So 
So would you be a people, a community, who is not tethered to lies and falsehoods, but recognizes the power of Christ at work within you and set your mind at things, on things above? And then would you all, as a community, as a people group, set your mind on things above so you can know and believe who God says you are in relationship to him? And then would you all, as a people, set your mind on things above so that you have a different lens of life, a bigger lens, one ordered under the things of heaven? Would you be people who show off this resurrected power of Jesus? Because where you set your mind, what you seek after will influence your actions and who you become. So set your mind, set your hearts, and set, seek after the things that are above. Amen? Amen. There's prayer in the back every week, and so if you want to pray or talk, we would love to have you back there. Amen.